Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. The rate of innovation in oncology has been impressive, with novel therapies such as CAR T-cell therapies and new diagnostics that make it easier to understand which patients will benefit from certain targeted therapies. While all of these new innovations coming to market and being tested in clinical trials, it might make sense that some people are ready to move on from the treatments of the past. In a new commentary published in the June issue of the American Journal of Managed Care, Dr. Bruce Feinberg of Cardinal Health explains why people shouldn't count out chemotherapy just yet. I'm Laura Jost, Associate Editorial Director of the American Journal of Managed Care, and I recently spoke with Dr. Feinberg about his views on chemotherapy and just how important it still is in cancer care. One of the big stories that came out one year ago at the 2018 annual meeting of the American Society of Clinical Oncology was the results of the Taylor X trial, which found that most women with early-stage breast cancer can forego chemotherapy. The side effects of chemotherapy can be significant, but it is a staple part of cancer treatment, being used alone or in conjunction with surgery, radiation, or another therapy. The Taylor X trial confirmed that 70% of women with early-stage breast cancer can benefit from endocrine therapy alone. In addition to reducing the risk of side effects seen with chemotherapy, the findings of the Taylor X trial might also benefit patients' wallets. Last year, Molly McDonald, founder and CEO of The Pink Fund, a nonprofit providing 90 days of non-medical financial aid to cover basic costs of living expenses for patients with breast cancer, wrote on AJMC.com that the trial results may also help to mitigate financial toxicity for patients with breast cancer. Financial toxicity, a term coined by Drs. Yusuf Safar and Amy Abernathy, is the emotional, mental, and physically debilitating, often life-threatening, financial side effect induced by cancer treatment. Cancer, it is no secret, is expensive to treat, and McDonald wrote that the Taylor X results meant people with early-stage breast cancer could not only be spared from the toxic side effects of unnecessary treatment, but also the financially toxic side effects of lost income and the potential loss of jobs due to disability as a result of treatment side effects. But chemotherapy hasn't run its course in cancer care just yet, according to Dr. Feinberg. He and his co-authors analyzed past, current, and future treatment of breast cancer and concluded, quote, that reports of the demise of chemotherapy are greatly exaggerated. He and his colleagues also expect that chemotherapy will remain a foundation of cancer care for years to come. Why has there been so much speculation that the end of chemotherapy is near? So I don't know if the speculation is generated because of the perception of the toxicity of chemotherapy, that that it's kind of this archaic treatment of the past. And it seemed to have begun really go back 30, 40 years ago with the first advent of immunotherapy with IL-2 and interferon. It really seemed to to come uh, to be alive with the advent of precision medicine, but it didn't really catch the headlines until last ASCO, ASCO 2018, when literally the listservs were just full of lines like the end of the chemotherapy era, much of which brought about by the research in lung cancer. And it just begged a question, is that really happening? Are we really turning that corner where chemotherapy is some vestige of the past history of cancer management, like things like Coley's toxin and cobalt radiation are? 
and it raised an interesting perspective that I thought needed to be evaluated. And what impact do new drugs have on the use of chemotherapy? So it's interesting when, you, when, we, when we start doing research into those new drugs and what is their real impact. Uh, many people may be familiar with Vinay Prasad's article that I believe was in JAMA Oncology raising question about is precision medicine all hype given the fact that only 9% of uh, adult cancer patients with metastatic disease are receiving those drugs because these are usually highly tailored and selected populations that express a certain mutation and often in more rare tumor types. So the history is uh, chronic myeloid leukemia, or it's also been history with melanoma and renal cell carcinoma. So there might be 10 new drugs coming out in a year, but they're only for three diseases, none of which have more than a 1% uh, prevalence of the total cancer population. In research on breast cancer, what were you looking at regarding the use of chemotherapy versus other drugs? So in trying to understand, is chemotherapy really going the way of the dodo? We thought maybe if we just focus on one cancer, a prevalent cancer. So we, we've had the story about lung cancer, uh, and with now the first-line metastatic disease uh, being impacted by IO-based therapy, checkpoint inhibitors, and the fact that there is a subset population that's going to be managed with uh, tyrosine kinase inhibitor for EML-ALK and EGFR and maybe future. But what about breast cancer? Let's take a very dominant, common cancer. It could have been colon. It could have been looking at lung again. But we took breast cancer to really look at the impact across the disease. And it was interesting, not only from a perspective of what percent of patients are currently managed with chemotherapy today, but if you look at the clinical trials and you try to project out five and 10 years, what percent of those patients will not only be receiving chemotherapy in some form of a combination with a precision medicine or an IO, but how many of those patients will be receiving chemotherapy-only treatment, whether single-agent sequential or combination therapy? In what ways can chemotherapy be improved upon with additional research? So it raises questions about if chemotherapy is truly alive and well, and the, the stories about its demise have been exaggerated, then are we past the point of researching chemotherapy? You know, is the future of research strictly IO and and precision medicine and now gene therapy, or is there a need if we're gonna be using chemotherapy for at least a decade to come to continue that research into better chemotherapy? Chemotherapy that not only has higher efficacy, but, sig but significantly better quality of life and, and adverse event profile. So do you think there's a future in which chemotherapy eventually is no longer used? or with improvements and new agents, will chemotherapy always have some sort of role to play in certain cancers? So it's difficult when you look out at phase one, two, and three uh, clinical trials and just doing a simple search on clinicaltrial.gov and do that in the major cancer types. So let's say the top 10 by prevalence. Uh, it, it's hard to see where, where the end of chemotherapy really exists. It doesn't appear to be in the next decade. Could it be a decade later? So many of the trials that are now in design are designed as chemotherapy plus novel mechanism of action drug. And so it's a little different than when we focus on chemotherapy only as we did in our research on single agent sequential treatment of metastatic breast cancer. But nonetheless, it still suggests that chemotherapy is around for a long time to come. Why do you think people are so quick to herald the end of chemotherapy? Yeah, I, you know, there was a great term coined uh, uh, by an economist, uh, which was the irrational exuberance uh, of our behavior. And I think we're, we're inclined to that as human beings, that, that we really have so much zest for that which is new, that which is different, that which we often inflate in terms of its value, 
as being more effective, less toxic, lower risk, uh, better return, no longer palliative, now curative. And, and we've conflated all that into these new classes of drugs, which often are as toxic or more toxic in chemotherapy, not necessarily better than in the general population, though like chemo, they may be in selected populations. And, and so it's, I, I think it's just human nature that has led to that, but particularly because when chemo was the only, was the only option, and given its toxicity profile, as many drugs have, um, it just got this bad rap that we need to advance, we need to move on, we, we, we can do better than this. Uh, we don't need these poisons to, to be injecting into our bodies. And, but unfortunately, again, that, that there was that negative that was also exaggerated. And so as many chemotherapy drugs, when delivered appropriately, don't ha carry all that weight. They can be relatively effective in the appropriate population and they may not be terribly toxic. To read Dr. Feinberg's commentary and to learn more about the Taylor X study, visit AJMC.com or see the show notes. To get in touch with us, you can email info at AJMC.com or follow us on Twitter at AJMC underscore journal. And if you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate us.